This is Ox Speaks Season 1, Episode 16, One Emery, Question Mark, featuring the Ox Spokesman. I'm Mackenzie, uh, your PR manager of Ox Speaks, and I have with me... Hi, my name's Maylee, and I'm here representing the Spokesman. I'm the Digital Operations Director of the Spokesman, and the Spokesman, let me say it more times, is the campus newspaper of Oxford, and we cover everything from Oxford Life to podcasts like this. And now on to announcements. All right, thank you for that wonderful introduction, Maylee. Um, so for our first announcement, Dooley's Week begins today. So please head over to SAC's Instagram to find out more info. They're handing out merch, they're having cool events. There is a talent show this weekend. Um, so please check it out. And we also have Coconuts on the Quad coming up on April 7th from 3.33 to 5.55. And we're releasing the trailer today, which is even spokesman certified and approved. Yeah, and for our last announcement for today, um, my committee and SGA, Student Living Committee, is hosting a picnic on the quad on Sunday, April 3rd. So come out for food, um, barbecue sandwiches, boba, scoops, ice cream, and some lawn games. And now on to our sponsor. Emory University. The dorms are crusty, the classes are full, the Greek life is sad, and our football team is sadder. Truly a top 21 school. And while we may not be moving up the ranks, our tuition sure is. A 4.5% increase in tuition? So an already high number just got higher? And I, for one, am so excited to see what they spend that extra money on. Could it be more mental health resources? More dining hall options? A recording room? Maybe more professors? Wait, huh, what? Oh, okay, someone just brought this in. It says that the money will be used for a giant billboard of Greg Fenves' ass? Well, I suppose that's one way we can get our special Emory University education. Nevertheless, while one Emory may be a fairy tale, there is one thing everyone here can agree on, and that is lower tuition. So thank you to our sponsor this week, the Emory University Tuition. All right, I just want to say another thank you to our sponsor, the Emory University Tuition. You know, always got us digging through our pockets for change, so. And we sent out a survey to get your guys' opinions on the, this concept of one Emory. Yeah, so we have our responses here. Do you guys think there's one Emory or not? And that was the first question on the survey. So the overwhelming response, we did a scale of one to 10, um, is one and three. So about an average of two, um, most people do not think there is a one Emory. In fact, we got very, very few responses above four. And this doesn't really come as a surprise, to be honest, from like the conversations I've had with people on this campus, like generally the consensus does seem to be that there isn't a one Emory. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think just from our own experiences too, I I definitely say that there isn't a one Emory and there's such a discrepancy between the Oxford and Atlanta campus. Oh yeah, definitely. And that leads a lot of people to argue that we should pay less for Oxford compared to Atlanta, which leads to... 
our next question. So the next question was, an Oxford education is worth the tuition? Um, so this one had a lot of varied responses, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually a little confused by this uh, data. Um, so the majority of people answered three. Well, not the majority. Three had the most responses. Um, but there's like quite a few that we had six people answer one, but we also had like five people answer eight. So it seems y'all have like very mixed feelings about whether our tuition is worth it or not. And I wonder what's like the source of that, like those diverse responses. Like, I wonder if maybe it's like, I wonder why some people, the same people who argued that there isn't one Emory also don't really mind paying this much. Yeah, I definitely feel it either has a lot to do with um, most people getting a lot of financial aid or people that are like fully capable of paying all the tuition. Uh, Yes, a lot of confounding variables, perhaps. Yeah. Um, And so our next question was on the flip side, is the Emory Atlanta campus education worth the tuition? And those answers were very skewed towards nine and eight, nine and ten. So yes. So most people do think Atlanta campus education is worth the tuition. Which is interesting because you still see a lot of people, I guess, complain about the tuition, which it is like a lot of money. But um, maybe it's just a fun thing to do to complain about the tuition. I mean, it's money. We can take all that we can get. And the next thing we asked was what the main difference between Oxford and Atlanta campuses. And (laughs) um, the first answer was everything. But generally, the consensus seems to be that Atlanta has more, like, going for it than Oxford does. Yeah, I I would say that, like, most of the answers here talk about resources, which I 100% agree with. I think we don't have nearly enough resources at Oxford, um, especially in comparison to the Atlanta campus. What came to my mind immediately was um, affinity spaces. So Atlanta campus has tons of affinity spaces for people of all identities and backgrounds, and we just have nothing. (laughs) Um, We have, like, no designated space on campus for, like, processing your identity and, like, where you come from. Um, And I I think that, like, makes a big difference in how you experience college because your identity, like, plays such a big part in it. I think that Oxford does have, like, student-led spaces like that. Yeah. Like, for your, I guess, ethnic identity or different beliefs you might have. But it's definitely not as, like, there isn't as much space for that here as there is on the Atlanta campus. Yeah. Um, another, like, big response that we got is the size of Oxford. Um, and so this was either, like, a pretty big positive for people or a pretty big negative for people. Um, so my favorite one is Oxford is small as shit and you know everyone. If you fuck up, you are fucked for life because that shit spreads fast. 100% true. <laughs> everyone here knows what you're doing at all times and like you feel so watched I feel like and a thing that I've heard from a lot of my friends is that you don't really have the space to yeah you don't have the space to make mistakes you don't have the space to have like your little hoe phase because if you get around like everyone's gonna know and of course there's nothing wrong with that but like you don't in a space like this you don't really want everyone knowing your business so you don't really have as much freedom for that sort of exploration 
Yeah, I agree. And I think that coupled with the fact that I feel like people at Oxford judge a lot. I like harsher than I have been anywhere. Um, just really makes it hard to express yourself and, and be who you want to be because you have to worry about people finding out every single detail of your life. Um, and I think that's definitely an advantage of the Atlanta campus is that, you know, you can walk around and not see 50 people you know because you're not in like a tiny little space with them every single day. And I think this ties back to resources and also maybe just like class availability and stuff like that. There isn't a lot of variety to, and this is something my friends were also talking about a lot recently, that there isn't a lot of variety in the class options and you don't have as much opportunity to explore what you really want and who you want to be. Yeah, I agree. Even as a psych major, which is a pretty huge major, I had virtually no options for classes this semester and I was, you know, forced to take something I didn't want to take because they didn't offer any psychology classes and I'm like, we're at a university and like psych is so huge. How can you not be offering like hardly any psychology classes? Especially at a school like Emory, which is so like pre-med, like big focus on like health and stuff like that. And I think it also ties into how Oxford is advertised as this liberal arts college when really it's more of like a pre-professional school. Like most of the classes are pre-med or pre-biz focused. And if there's anything else you want to do, even remotely outside of those spheres, like you don't have nearly as many options to choose from. And I think that's a big reason why more people are graduating early because like they just don't have more classes to take for their major. Yeah, I 100% agree. It is so hard to be like a non-STEM or non-pre-professional uh, like pre -professional track kid at Oxford. It's just, it's super, super difficult. Um, and so another like big response that we got on this question was the location of Oxford and that there's just absolutely nothing to do around here. Um, if you don't have a car, you're kind of isolated. If you have to rely on shuttles, it's just, there's, there's nothing. And another thing about that, like this connects to both size and location, you only have so many places to go that aren't like where you live. And it's hard to, like it's hard to have that like work-life balance then where like on the Atlanta campus, if you wanna like go study somewhere new, you can go like to the other side of campus and you feel like you're in a different place. But at Oxford, you have like a couple study rooms in different dorms and the library and the student center and that's it. And you're usually around those places pretty often otherwise anyways. And your only other option off campus is Covington Square, which kind of gets old over time. And if you don't have a car, it's pretty hard to get there anyways. Yeah, I, as much as I like how pretty our campus is and how nature it is, I am so sick and tired of seeing the same buildings every day and seeing Sini in every single picture that Oxford Emory posts on Instagram. It's just, it's so, like, it's confinement. It's just a tiny little space, like a tiny little bubble that you're, like, forced to live in for two years, and you really never get any outside stimulation because you have everything at Oxford, and so you don't really need to leave. And if you do want to leave, it's, it's a whole entire process to like get where you want to go. And so it's, it's just like so suffocating, I feel like. Yeah, because it's so inconvenient to go to Atlanta if you want to. Like, it's nice that it's there, but it's also like, 
45 minutes to an hour to get there and you also have to try and get back as well and like I do like the quad like it is really pretty and it's nice when like it's nice out and everyone's on the quad and you feel like this sort of strong community spirit but it like that kind of like you get over it over time like it doesn't really outweigh the lack of variety that surrounds us yeah I agree um and so that was the big points of that question um so I think we should move on to our next question um so that is why are you at Ox not Atlanta and it seems like uh, a big reason is people were either waitlisted at Atlanta or got rejected by Atlanta and went to Oxford instead. Yeah, I also see that looking at these answers. Um, pretty much all of them are they either got waitlisted or rejected from Atlanta campus, so they came here or they applied early decision here, so they were kind of stuck, uh, didn't really have a choice. Uh, there are some people who said they liked the transition option better, which is a big reason why I went to Ox before I realized it was it was not all it's like cracked up to be um was because I come from a small town I've always lived in small towns and so I was like I can't go to a big university yet so I'll you know transition through Oxford to a big university so that's another reason um ironically I had like kind of the opposite experience like I went to a really big high school it was like over 5,000 people and in my thought process behind that was, oh, I need to go to a college that's like significantly bigger than that. Otherwise it won't feel like college. But when I got here, like first semester, it did really feel like college for me. And it was a good environment for me, like socially to like get to know people. Cause I do think generally people are nicer or more welcoming here than Atlanta, but maybe I'm biased. And, but I think as time has gone on, like the novelty of the idea of college and like all of these new experiences is kind of worn off and now I do want that bigger college experience. Yeah, I agree. I think during the first first year, mostly the first semester, I liked it here because I was like, oh, my classes are so close and I have everything I need within such a close vicinity and they're small so I don't have to like worry about being forgotten by my professors. But now I just like look at it like I cannot wait to get out of here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely very ready to leave. Two years, if it were any more than two years, it would be like torture. No, yeah, I totally understand that. And that's why I'm thinking about studying abroad. I probably am going to study abroad my last semester here. And like I'm looking at it as like, oh, I only have one semester left on this campus. Like it's not going to be too bad. But then it kind of sucks because that's not how you want to look at your college experience or like the place that you go at as like, oh, I only have to be here for this much longer. But I also have a question about early decision. So if you apply early decision to Emory and if you apply to both campuses, like if you get rejected by the Atlanta campus, does that mean you have to go to the Oxford campus? Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, it's it's very, very binding. I, yeah, I definitely feel like that could be changed. I think the whole concept of like binding early decision is just, because it's something that like really big top schools do because you know, they're like, oh, you're gonna go here. Um, but I, I think it's such a bad practice. Yeah, and I feel like, like, I understand that they want people to come here, so if they were more honest about what it's actually like here, like, then it would just kind of fall apart. But 
like, yeah, I agree that it would probably be in the student's best interest if they weren't forced to go to Oxford just because they applied ED to Emory. Yeah, I 100% agree. Do you have any other thoughts about One Emory? Um, I think something that Oxford relies on a little bit too much, like, okay, so when I talk to people about what they like about Oxford, usually the answer is, like, their friends or, like, the community here. But I think the problem is because that's what everyone likes about this place, Oxford relies on that to keep bringing people here. And, like, that's great. Like, it's a good aspect of Oxford, but then that means that, like, the administration doesn't have to work as hard or provide as many resources. Like, they're not as worried about making Oxford, like, an appealing experience, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I also think Oxford relies way too much on like we're a small community we're tight-knit and you have tons of leadership opportunities as a first or second year um which like I agree those are like amazing things it's amazing to like have all the like opportunities to like be leaders that we do as first and second years but I don't think it should come at the cost of you know like overall experience and happiness because like I honestly haven't felt like I've been at college for the past two years because I you know I've been so isolated and it's such a like small like every time I go to class and I sit in a class like a classroom I'm like wow this is high school and no I totally agree with that and it does really feel like the high school experience I didn't really get to have so I mean I guess it's nice in the sense that it's something new but it gets old pretty quickly and since it's such a small campus like you sit in a class and it's like, oh, I've been here before, or I've been like one class over before. Like each semester, there isn't really that many new experiences to have. You don't really feel like you're progressing. You kind of like Oxford feels very stagnant. Yeah, I was thinking about this during my milestone project, which is what second years have to do before we're allowed to graduate. Um, and one of the requirements is a reflective essay. Um, it's like 750 words, so it's long for no reason about how we have um, ev- like evolved as learners over our time at Oxford. And I just like, I wanted to laugh when I looked at it because I was like, I, I genuinely don't feel like I've learned anything here. Just like from being forced to take classes that I don't want to because they don't have anything to offer me or, you know, just like being surrounded by like administration and like experiences that just make me feel lesser than because like I'm not in STEM or because I'm like not doing 50 million things like tons of research or internships and stuff like that you know I just like truly feel like I haven't progressed here at all. I totally agree with that and I think it's exacerbated by the fact that a lot of Oxford is trying to cover these general education requirements And I think that makes it feel even more like high school, where you're taking very general courses, like you're not taking classes that feel like college. Like I remember my English class last semester literally just felt like high school English 2.0. It definitely wasn't worth it. Yeah, and I feel like one one of the reasons that people like praise Oxford is because of like our professors and like the ability to get to know our professors. But I feel like we have just as many bad professors as we do good professors because I definitely like I have some professors that I absolutely love and like they're so sweet and so understanding but I've had just as many that have made my life miserable 
And that makes sense, right? Because it's just like any other university, I'm sure like the proportion of good to bad professors is similar. It's just, especially at such a small university, like you're almost more likely to run into those bad professors because you don't have as many classes to choose from. And I feel like that connects to how they really like strongly advertise the idea of a faculty advisor from your discovery seminar. And like, it is really nice to have this connection like from the start, but also like just because you have this faculty person as your advisor, like they're not trained in advising. So like, it's not really everything they advertise it to be, I would argue. Yeah, I definitely think it's important that we're having this conversation. I think that Oxford has a lot to do to give us an experience that is on par with Atlanta's. And I know they can say, oh, you're smaller, you don't need as much, but like we definitely do. You know, we're just as valuable as Atlanta campus students. And there's there's a long way to go before we're on the same level. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that's all we've got for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's been so nice talking with you guys. And I hope you guys have a good week. Mm-hmm.